When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We have a great guest today on a very interesting topic. We have Timo Riska, who's head of uh, R&D at PFF. And uh, he's got something that PFF has not delved into previously that I'm aware of, which is the quality of opponent for offensive linemen in terms of their grades. Uh, so, Timo, first of all, how are you doing? Hi, I'm, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Okay, well, we really appreciate you taking the time here. I, your charts always catch my eye, but in this case, this was a really interesting one, and and uh, you have all of the offensive line groups, centers, guards, and tackles um, done. I, I, we'll talk about center first because uh, Tyler Linderbaum having a great pass blocking year, and your chart kind of shows that in terms of his results relative to expectation. But I want you to talk through your methodology. Yeah, so let's um, – yeah, we need a little bit – background here i think so basically what pff has done forever is um we are, we are giving a grade to each player on, on every snap and it's basically like the walk rate is basically on a minus two to plus two scale in 0.5 increments um with plus two obviously being the best minus two being the worst and zero kind of being the the expected um expected thing and um yeah the, the new thing we we do for a offensive line and a defensive line since 2000 um can't really tell right now but like five, five or six years of data um i think we do have right now um is we actually charting um blocking pass blocking and run blocking in more detail so like te- like f- when i look at our data 10 years ago i can say okay here's a right tackle um this guy lined up at right tackle and then i can basically say okay this guy lined up at um, left defensive end so i can kind of assume that they went against each other but mm-hmm. what what i can't like obviously there are stunts there are blitzes um yeah and th- their tight ends might help and this kind of information was was not really in our data like 10 years ago but um yeah since 2018 to 2019 i think we actually chart all of this so we we chart exactly who is blocking whom um yeah so so what we know is, okay, this player is supposed to block this player. Um, he gets help from this tight end um, or, or this pass rusher yeah, has a double team, has to, has to rush against those two blockers and so on. So we're actually charting, yeah. We're, yeah, basically we're charting who is blocking whom. 
both in pass and in run blocking. And this allowed me to do something we never did before. And it's basically accounting, yeah, accounting for the actual difficulty of, of the block or of the rush, the pass rusher or offensive lineman has to do on a snap. And that's basically what's what's this about. Now, I noticed it, within the PFF stats now, there's something called, I think it's OPP percentage. And is that the number, the percentage of the time he that an offensive line actually has an opponent where guards, if they have a bubble, don't necessarily have an opponent on a, a replay, for example? Um, I'm actually not quite sure. <laughs> okay. So is that in premium, is that in premium stats? Or? Yeah, it's in premium stats. So I'm, I'm I'm not quite sure. I would have to would have to check let, that. Let color. me bring it up. Uh, so we've got we've got blocking reports here for let's say center, and there's an OPP percentage in pressures allowed, and it's usually a hundred, but sometimes it's a little bit less. And I don't know what that number what that number is. So pass blocking. Up. No, it's only only one. Oh, center. I see it. It must mean something else. There's a key. It's, it says percentage of non-spike, non-penalty passing snaps with an opportunity to allow pressure. Huh. I don't know how to interpret that one. At, at center, it looks like everybody's 100%. At guard, it looks like everybody's 100%. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure right now what this means, but it's probably unrelated. Okay. All right. Well, it's... Just, just a side note. Sorry about that. So, anyway. uh, so it's. I think. I think it's just removing. I think it's just removing stuff like sn uh, spikes and and pre-snap penalties. So basically, when there is, I mean, obviously on a spike, you cannot, like, yes, like on a spike, you like a pass blocker shouldn't be evaluated Scored, on a right? spike because there's nothing mm -hmm. happened. Probably. Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe something like offsides, defensive offsides, are also okay. filtered out. We, we can figure that out. I didn't mean to take us yeah. down a rabbit hole. I don't think I don't think it's important to that particular research. Okay, so since since the very early days, and I used to talk to Neil a lot back in two thousand six, two thousand seven, and whatnot. Um, he's been he was extremely adamant about not trying to delve into opponent quality in terms of offensive line play. So that was something he he was I don't I, I, I just said it was a complex problem. I think is 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 how he used to put it. Um, and and you know I I didn't disagree or anything. It's just it's a it's something that's kind of relevant for offensive tackles in particular that face great edge rushers. Uh, and, and it's interesting to see you do this. Has PFF done had taken any other um, forays down this so far? Are you the first here? Um, I think I'm probably the first to work with this data because, yeah, it, it basically exists since 2018, 2019, I think. And, of course, it always takes at least a year or two to, to collect enough data to actually do something with it. So mm -hmm. I think I, I first did that. 2020 run, I think. Like, I think this is the first, uh, the third season that I produced these kind of uh, these these kind of charts. Okay, so, so really interesting stuff here. I've left links to the charts um, with the uh, posting. You, you'll want to bring those up to get a sense of this. But tell us, tell us what you're representing on this charts because there are two dimensions to this. But as you explained before the show, there's really only one meaningful dimension to this. Yeah. So, so basically, the yeah, the the charts 
yeah, basically just an x-axis and y-axis. And the, the y-axis is basically the final output of how impressive a player was in pass protection or on the opposite side for pass rushers and in, in, in pass rushing. And while, while the x-axis is kind of adding the context of how difficult or easy the, the assignments were. Um, and yeah, this is, I mean, this is not only the quality of, of the opponents. Um, this is also like situational situational um, factors. For example, like the most like the most important feature towards towards the x-axis, towards the um, difficulty of assignment, is actually how often um, an offensive lineman gets gets help. Like like how often does a tackle get help from the tight end? Or obviously when when it's a standard four man rush, then one of the two guards usually gets help from the center. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so basically the like which guard gets gets help from get gets help from the centers of course um a huge factor because like the yeah our our pass block rates are just much higher when 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 a player gets help like when when a tackle gets help from a tight end, he averages a much much higher rate on on these plays than when he's on an island, which yeah that's pretty obvious you would expect yeah it's just much much easier to not get beat when when you have some help um other other important features, obviously the the length of the play. So yeah, like like if it's a like if it's a screen pass, the expectation is basically almost a zero. So I mean, zero means good for pass protection. Like in pass protection, in particular, it's basically if you got beat, you get a minus 0.5 or minus one, or if you got beat badly, a minus 1.5. And if you don't get beat. Um, usually get a, you, you get a zero. Like zero is good for um, for pass protection. And of, of course, on a screen play or on a bubble screen, like when where the quarterback just takes the ball and directly throws it outside mm -hmm. to to a wide receiver for a bubble screen, then obviously the the expected grade for for all the offensive linemen is just a zero because nothing will happen. They cannot mess up. Um, like this, is like so, time to throw on a play. Of course, if if, a, if an offensive tackle sucks to block for three or three point five seconds, then. He's just more likely to get to get beat eventually. Like this, this matters a lot. And the dropback death is, of course, an important um, factor. So it's especially for tackles, it's it's much harder to block if the quarterback drops back um, very deep. And of course, yeah, the quality of uh, of opponent, like how good how good is the opposing edge rusher, is also like a very very important feature of the model. So these are these are pretty much the most important. Now, PFF that just talked about for for pressures for a while has used. I recall had used a, a two and a half second standard as being a kind of a, a getting a zero. I, but I want to. I want to. There's another question I've got to ask first. So, you can get a zero or you can get a negative when you're on a pass blocking play. So the, you then got to normalize per play for these for these players to give some sort of zero to one hundred score, for example, or normalize a cumulative negative pass blocking score back onto a scale that that is a has an expectation per play yeah so so basically what i do like yes yeah, it's, it's basically what, what you just said so like a typical pass blocker um so yeah typical pass blocker gets a zero i don't know let, let's say like actually on most plays pass blockers aren't beaten so typical pass blocker gets like a zero grade 90 percent of the time and then ten percent of the time you will mess up or mm -hmm. will get beaten, um, and and yeah, what I what I just do is um, based on situation. What I just talked about, based on these features like time to throw, 
drawback death. Also, of course, down the distance also plays a role, which is, of course, often very correlated to, to drawback death, uh, etc. Um, opposing opposing edge rusher. Based on these features, I, I basically give an expectation. So basically, on, on third down, um, the... Um, the, the the pass blockers are a little bit more likely to to get beaten because just there there are no one fits for the for the edge rushers so they are just yeah they can they can pin their ears back and really rush the passer so it's of course harder for the for the pass blocker to to um, to not get beaten and yeah basically for every play based on the situation based on based on the play call I I basically yeah compute or we compute the expectation whether it's like ninety percent. A chance to to not get beaten, or maybe it's only an eighty-five percent, or maybe it's a ninety-five percent to not get beaten, and then I basically compare the result to that to that expectation. Um, do that on every play for every player, and then basically the 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 chart, or basically the y-axis on the chart, is basically the result of comparing the the actual work rates of the of the pass blockers to to this expectation based on. Based on all this, all can you give features. us a, a little color here? I'm trying to now get a, get, get an understanding at, at either tackle. Let's start at, at center. What's the yeah. what's the uh, what is the difference between say third down with a seven step drop or however you de- define the the drop back distance, and say a first down play where they're lined up? I don't know if you use formation. Do you use that for it also? Or you know whatever might be the least, the highest yeah, expectation play. Yeah. So like like if we if you look at centers, for example on on, on third down. Um, oh, I can I can quickly check that. So say it's third down and long. So we mm-hmm. say third down and I don't know like six, let's say eight or more yards. Mm-hmm. Um. So centers get typically beaten oh, get typically beaten nine percent of the time. Okay. And if it's if it's let's say it's second down and short, which is probably the best passing situation, mm-hmm. because yeah, let's let's say second down at less than five yards. Um, centers get beaten only seven percent of the time. So like it's it's not a huge um, yeah not not a huge difference, but. Um, like when you consider that the average, like the average for centers is of course somewhere in between, like somewhere eight percent. Eight percent is like when okay. the, the the rate of that the average center gets beaten, and like when you go from eight percent to seven percent or nine percent, that's that's already a lot because like it's it's basically um, well relatively seen. It's basically a twelve point five percent change. Yes, like exactly. One eighth, <laughs> one eighth of the value. So, which is which is already a lot. It's it's like going from 100 to 112 or to 88 so, so to say um yeah so i, I get you exactly it, it definitely <laughs> definitely matters like if you look at tackles the the, the numbers are a little bit more um, spread out because tackles generally get beat more often because tackles um on an island more often pass rush edge rushes they have more space to work with than than interior rushes obviously so offensive tackles generally get beat more often so those numbers and also the difference in numbers will be more pronounced for um for offensive tackles 
by the way, that makes complete sense. It was something I've always seen. I've, it ends up working out as a tougher grading scale for centers and an easier grading scale for tackles in terms of, you know, a frequency and severity events model, which is, I think, what you have here, because you're basically saying how often do you get a negative and then how negative was it in terms of those underlying zero to, or plus two to minus two grades? It's really zero to minus two grades on pass blocking. Right. Okay. All right. So. Um, let's let's talk about Tyler Linderbaum in particular because we do want to get to the Ravens information who turns out to be the second best in terms of grade over expectation among all centers. That's right. Yeah, there's there's only Wayne Kelly who is currently um, graded higher. So yeah, that's that's definitely encouraging for him. I think he was already above average when I looked at this last year. Um, which is, of course, don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. He was among the lowest rated PFF pass blockers last year. It's a huge reversal of this game this year. All right. Yeah. So uh, you could, I mean, take a look at the 2022 pass blocking numbers. I, would, they, I don't I think they would do tell that. you that. I probably yeah. didn't do that before the show. That's okay. So when I, I look you know, at offensive centers 2022. I, I do want to make the point. I'm, I'm often. So I, I, um, so I actually have him above average 2022. So that's uh, that's interesting. So what's his? So if you look at just the raw pass blocking score, I think he's he's probably like 29th out of 32 centers or in that range. So if if it may have included other things that were his, I, I know it might include his snaps, but I don't think he had a bad snapping year last year. That is one thing that that I know PFF includes in the in the um, pass blocking score for centers. When I look at the zero to hundred crate, yeah, it was indeed not not good. Yeah. Last year, so was this a penalty thing? But he only had three penalties. No, it wasn't. To... I don't think it was that. So that's interesting. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I'm really. Bad, quite quite a few bad games last year, according to this. Like there were, yeah, there were like five games with a, with a crate in the twenties from last year. Yeah, decent in the, all the other games, but yeah. So it, that, that's interesting. So it's interesting that I actually had him already above average last year here. So I can I can look into that a little bit more why that is the case. I, I'd love to hear, and, and I'll Obviously try and add that. commentary maybe to this, uh, or, or at least talk about it on the offensive line uh, uh, analysis. But that's it's, that's that's a very interesting thing, and it's okay. It's when when two models look at something and they come up with a with a different result. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That that probably yeah, course, tells yeah. give you some insight into that. Yeah. All right. Well, fantastic. So, so I looked at this, and when when I saw Linderbaum was near the top, and he's been having a good year grade wise, although he had he's had a couple of bad games this year. He's generally had a good year grade wise, I think, for PFF and definitely on my scale. Um, and one of the things that uh, that really stood out was that he's he's reversed a very bad pass blocking grade from last year with what you've got in this chart. And that's extremely encouraging. He has been better as a pass blocker. He's got notably, you know, significantly less pressures this year than he had last year on a per snap basis. But uh, uh, is, uh, I, I know you're not really looking individually. You're, you're, you're looking at this at a higher level. I'm just, um, is there anything else that could be going into this grade that would be favoring him? and should mute our excitement about how good he looks? Mm. 
I'm I'm not quite sure. So obviously he is kind of on the right of this chart. So like his assignments um, are a little bit easier maybe than for most centers, which I think is mostly like the Ravens are in favorable passing situations more mm -hmm. often than other teams. So I actually looked at this before the um, before the before the show. So like the Ravens are in third down just less often than other teams because they are just hmm. better on, on first and second down. Like they, yeah, like they don't even get to third down that often. And when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Also, when they get to third down, they um, they have like lower lower yards to go, just because they yeah. I mean, obviously because they can they can run the ball well. Um, yeah, so just they they are not in third along that often, which which obviously helps the um, helps the offensive line basically, which which is why the model says okay, the times weren't that hard, but. Um, I, I wouldn't say that's that, that that's obviously not a negative for him. Um, like, yeah, the, the UI axis obviously accounts for that. Um, and I, I looked at his at his opponents. So the 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 quality of it, of his um, opponents actually is actually pretty close to average. Um, so it's not that he faced an, a twitches, um <laughs> a twitches slate of interior rushes who, mm -hmm. who couldn't play. So that's that's not the case. So I think it's actually quite quite encouraging. Well, last year he really did play a lot of big men, it seemed. Uh, he had a lot of trouble against the Giants, for example, and Dexter Lawrence. And I'm trying to think of who the other really big centers he had, but he faced, you know, he faced some guys that he had he really had difficulty with. I guess he's facing he, like he had a very bad create against the Jets last year. Okay, so that's a that's Maybe a great Quinn interior Williams. defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, he had yeah, he had a bad game against the Giants, Dexter Lawrence, that makes a lot of sense. Bad game against the Bucks, which mm -hmm. was probably if, bad, if he was healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So there seems to be a yeah. There was kind of a pattern last year, right? That he maybe struggled against those. Yeah, it's really it's, big. It's it's really big and tackles. long defensive tackles that gave him a lot of trouble. Get, got him off balance a lot last year, and and uh, I I I know I definitely noticed the trend. And excuses were made in Baltimore all year about how you know these he's only having trouble with a certain type of center. Not everybody has one of these, and. I'm, I, 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 you know, I, there are a lot of those in the NFL. When you get down to Vita Vea, he's a, you know, he's a, a, a solid NFL interior defensive lineman, but he's certainly not the best. And uh, I just, you know, it's, it is, it is what it is. Anyway, I, let's let's get back to it a little bit. And uh, so anyway, second best big big change, and it looks like it's about maybe 0.18 would be what I would read the chart as saying. Um, uh, let me be sure I'm I've, I'm getting that correctly. 
Yeah, his point zero one eight point zero one eight better than the expected average. Right. So basically, you can think of that as yeah, like like almost two percent less. Like he gets beat two percent or almost two percent less often than and um, than than the average center, which is of course based on what we just talked about. Like the average center is only get getting beat like eight percent. And of course, getting beat only six percent is, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. So he might be twenty two and a half percent better at point point oh one eight over point oh eight. He might be twenty two and a half percent better than an average center in terms of of getting beat. Right. Okay, is, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, let's look at the other positions here because uh, you you produce charts for, at guard and at tackle as well. So when we move over to guard, um, the, the, the graph is very crowded here in terms of uh, players that are available. But uh, Kevin Zeitler appears significantly above average, and also it looks like there's a much bigger range of outcomes at guard than there is at center. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I think, yeah, guards, at least, like, for, yeah, guards get beat more often. And also, like, at, yeah, when you when you look at the bottom for guards, like, there, there is basically no limit. Like, there, there are guards get, that get beaten a lot. <laughs> so not not being at, that, at the very bottom here is probably, yeah, it's probably what you want with your, with your guards. Are you are you muted? I am muted, and that happens from time to time. So <laughs> let's I'll look at this one more time. Thank you for saying that. Um, so I'm looking. I'm re- trying to read the chart for Kevin Zeitler, and I see he's at minus point zero six. Roughly, no, no, a little bit, little bit better than that. Uh, a little bit more than that. Maybe minus point oh sixty two or something like that in uh, average difficulty of expectation and then he's about maybe point zero one five yeah, to say yeah. I was gonna say point zero one five maybe a third of the way yeah you can't really we can't really see that on the yeah you can't really figure out the number on the on the chart like it's more like a directional directional information but yeah probably something like that. Okay. I mean, there wouldn't be any there wouldn't be any reason why the top of your chart would be differently scaled than the bottom of your chart because it looks yeah, like it's, a yeah, linear it's, scale. It's like, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's linear scale. So okay, it's so just think, it's just missed out on the 0.05 um, break. Right, because <laughs> uh, made a cut right there. But but yeah, I'm I'm just eyeballing it to the difference from the zero line to where Zeitler is, and then trying to judge how much that difference is. Okay. Anyway, we won't go into too much graph reading here, but um, but that's that seems very positive for Zeitler as well. Obviously, he's not had as difficult a set of assignments. Um, in in some sense, that makes it even harder to beat. But uh, but he's he's looked pretty good on those assignments. Right. Yeah. He's definitely on the. On the positive side, um, yeah, as as expected for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I think he has been right there for for for, his, for most of his career. Yeah, he's First. he's certainly been a good guard. I I didn't think he was having a particularly good year earlier this year. I see John Simpson on the other side of the uh, 
of the line here. Not quite the worst guard by any stretch, but it certainly hasn't uh, hasn't been, I don't think, any better than about the 30th percentile among all guards, maybe worse than that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, like when you're worst, when you're worst of the two guards is, is placed where John Simpson is placed, like that's 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 fine, I guess, in, in pass protection, I think. Like you don't, you don't want a guard like at, at the very bottom here, you probably don't want both of your guards below average. Um, but when, when, like when one of your guards is a little bit weak, obviously you can you can work around that, right? You can mm-hmm. you can we can shift with your center a little bit. You, you can you can help them. Um, so I think that's yeah, I think that's um, that's fine. Like that's not a not a huge issue for 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 the passing game. Like when when one of your guards is above average, the other is a little bit below average. I think that's that's nothing. Um, which basically, yeah, this, which is nothing which makes your passing game unfunctional, I think. Okay. And and I don't think that's surprising to Ravens fans to see that relationship between the two guards. But I, there is a name on the re, on the left I want to ask you about because this is a guy who was really interested in the Ravens maybe trying to pick up at the trade deadline is Michael Onweno of the Patriots. And I see him over yeah, basically. He was, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an in, so he was um, at, at the top of this, I think, in previous years. But yeah, not not that good of a season this year, um, which is of course fitting for the for the whole Patriots offense. So like nobody over there has a good year. So um, yeah, not, not surprising. Like when when the whole offense is not working, it's it's probably hard for for the guy to to stick out. But yeah, he's he's not having that that good of a year um, this year compared to compared to um, last year. The, the point I wanted to make is that Anueno, while he's not having a good year and it shows up in the PFF grades, he's had the hardest set of assignments for the year. The difficulty assignment has been the highest of any guard. Right. I think that's, I mean, you, you also, like the all the Steelers offensive linemen also, um, also um, mm-hmm. at the left of these very often. And I think that's like the Steelers almost never run play action. And I think that's true for the Patriots too, at least this year, because they are in like they're in like bad, bad passing <laughs> situations um, all the time. So like like they are like they are trailing all the time. They're probably in, in third and long very often. So they just don't have a lot of opportunity to run play action, and, and probably when they get the opportunity, they don't really do it. So not running play action is a, is a big factor here because play action just makes pass blocking a little bit easier for 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 offensive linemen because obviously the pass rush is slowed down a little bit by by their run fits um and i think that's a that's a big factor for for uh, for mike on menu but oh yeah also for the for the steelers offensive linemen who are very often at the at the left of these charts okay great point really interesting stuff that's go- that's going into this so play action is one of the factors though for for your for your model yeah it it also goes into the um, difficulty um, computations. Can, can you can you give us all the things? Or there is there some proprietary element here that you can't share with us about all of the factors? No, no, of course. So um, it's yeah, it's it's like I already talked about whether whether they are getting help, um, like the the quality of the opposing edge rusher, and not not necessarily edge rusher, just pass rusher, quality mm-hmm. of opposing patch rusher, the time to throw, the tropic death. Um, that's important. Then I have a like a separated feature whether it's a screen pass, yes or no. Like it, it's it's obviously connected to time to throw and also to drop back death. But yeah, I just made it a separate factor um, because it, like it's so so important because screen passes are basically um, yeah never created 
negatively because it yeah because quarterback gets rid of the ball so quickly. Um, then like an, an interesting um, factor for the Ravens in particular is whether it's a straight dropback or, or rollout um, because yeah obviously um, the Ravens roll out a little bit more often than like the standard um, NFL team with, with an immobile quarterback. Then the play action is is, is a factor. Um, then obviously whether the defense blitzes um, makes a mm-hmm. makes a difference. And and yeah, then some situational factors like down distance, um, cone score difference, score uh, yeah, cone score, um, field position, and another interesting factor, um, which is kind of married to to the quality of the opposing pass rush, is just the position of the opposing pass rush. So like. Like, I mean, are you are you blocking against the defensive tackle? Are you blocking against the linebacker? Are you blocking against the cornerbacks? Um, obviously, for interior linemen, they're most often blocking against defensive linemen. But of course, mm-hmm. offensive tackles are, are more often sometimes blocking against blitzing cornerbacks, against blitzing linebackers. And this is, of course, a little bit easier. Like, like yeah, an offensive tackle would probably prefer to block a cornerback on a blitz than, mm-hmm. than against the best edge rushers in the league. So this this also plays a role. These kind I, of things. I think these were basically, basically all of them. I, let me, let me. That's first of all, that's great, and I'd love to forward an article, forward people to an article that they can read that kind of enumerates these if you've got one. So, so that's I, I, I wrote about this like two years ago, so I can, I can, um, yeah, I can look for it and then send you, send you a link. All right, that's terrific. I'll try and include that, folks, in the in the uh, uh, in the podcast uh, uh, capsule there online. If you go to filmstudybaltimore.com, you look those you look up this particular pod. You'll be able to see these charts and these and the uh, Timo's article uh, with it. Outstanding stuff. Let's let's move on to tackle and talk a little bit about that. The Ravens obviously have uh, been up and down, I'd say, with some of the pass blocking at tackle this year, but. Uh, Trying to find Morgan Moses looks like he's above average, and that seems to fit with what I've got. And I've, I'm afraid Ronnie Stanley is going to be below average, but I can't even see him. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, he is. He's basically mm-hmm. just like below Morgan Moses. So if you go if you go to Morgan Moses yeah. and then just below there, there's Ronnie Stanley. So yeah, he's probably having his worst pass block year of his career, maybe even. I mean, excluding mm-hmm. maybe his first two seasons. Um, yeah, so that's that's interesting because he always used to be the best Ravens mm-hmm. um, offensive um, tackle, of course. Um, so yeah, not, not having this good of a year so far. Maybe maybe he improves. Uh, so like he's not that old. Like he is how old is he? He is twenty nine. So like he's not too old for an offensive tackle. So this is not. Li- it's not like okay, he's just too old. Um, that's not the case, I think. So yeah, might be just some. Um, I don't know what like. Was he injured at any point? Yeah, he's got a severe set of injuries he's been recovering from since he got his ankle hurt in 2020. 2020. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't been really been the same since. He missed. He basically played one game in 2021, then missed the rest of the year. Right. Um, yeah. And and that was when Villanueva was at left tackle. He's terrible. He missed the end of 2020, and then he came back in 2022. And he was he he's played actually, half of. He played half of last season, right? Uh, uh, yeah. a little bit more, but yeah. A little bit more than that, and but he was yeah he created out well last year, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, like he last played more than a thousand snaps in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So injuries injuries really definitely good. have been a, have been a concern there. So it's, it's yeah it's interesting to see 
uh, whether he can can back can get back to like yeah to those elite offensive tackles again where he was definitely was prior to his prior to so, his injuries. So it has felt like Ronnie has had extremely difficult matchups in terms of elite pass rushers on that side. But really what your graph is telling me is his combination of circumstances that includes the, the, the quality of the opponent plus the down and distance and other things, play action, depth of drop, et cetera, et cetera, has really been one of the easiest blocking situations for a tackle in the league so far. And then obviously yeah, I think it's, 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 yeah, I think that, yeah, it's basically the, the Ravens situations and also their, their use, their, their play calling that I think pushes both of their tackles to the, to the right here. Um, I think they also um, shift more, more help to him. Yes. Um, com- compared to Morgan Moses. Um, so I think he might have faced a little bit harder um, pass rushes, but I think they shift more help to him. I think when I looked at that for the show, so he gets help um, a little bit more often, and yeah, this kind of pushes him to the to the right here. I, I would be very interested if you have a metric which would show the amount of time that Stanley gets help, because it seems like this has been a coaching point of emphasis for John Simpson these last couple of weeks, trying to get him to. Um, process quickly from center out so he can get to his help block quickly. Obviously, he's not the most significant help factor. Probably the most significant help factor is getting Patrick Ricard or a running back over there to try and chip on that that guy on the left side or even you know be an additional blocker on the left. Yeah, so we, we have... Um, so let me actually look at this before the show... So we have the average the average tackle, whether that's right or left tackle, um, we, we chart them with help 37% of the time. Hmm. I'm in 2023, and Morgan Moses is at 33%, and Ronnie Stanley is at 41%. Yeah, so Ronnie Stanley is above average, Morgan Moses is below average, hmm. which I think makes sense because it's hard to help both tackles. Mm-hmm. At a high weight, because like yeah, you some like you yeah, only got eleven like, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only have eleven players. <laughs> Can only have so much. So that makes a lot of sense, and I think this yeah, this pushes Ronnie Stanley to the to the right on this graph a little bit, even though he faced hard, um, hard opposing uh, match rushers. All right, Timo, this is an absolutely fascinating concept. I'm I'm looking to read whatever you come up with this, and this is this is you know. Just traditional great PFF R and D stuff that I'm used to from from you and Eric and uh, in the past anyway and and, and really uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to share this with us. Tell tell people where they can either talk football with you online or read your work. Yeah, so you can read my work on on pff.com. Um, yeah, just just watch out for my articles there, or I think if you like search my name and PFF on Google, you you get direct you get directed to to my my author page where you get all my articles, like only my articles. If you if you happen to uh, yeah want to, want to read only those, um, or you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore moo m m o o. Yeah, that's that's where you can where you can find me where you can read my my work or my, my content. 
All right. Great stuff, Timo. Uh, always appreciate you having on to explain something. This obviously is a very complex concept and, and is kind of on the forefront of a lot of football analytics, as I see it, or at least the, the common ones that I see have access to. So really appreciate you taking the time to show it to us. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. Uh, I'm always uh, available for that, uh, and I'll respond to you very quickly. Uh, DM on Twitter is the easiest way, and uh, they're always open for you, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get back to you very quickly. Timo, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.